0: Hello and welcome back to Stat Chat. I am Dave Klatsky of Colgate Men's Basketball. We are currently in about week three of quarantine. So first and foremost, hope you're all doing okay out there. Hope you're staying safe and enjoying your time with whoever it is you're quarantining with. Our guest today is Amit Taylor, the video coordinator at Clemson University. And I was glad we were able to put this this one together because I don't have a whole lot of stat chats with high major programs. And to see what they do with a lot of resources and a lot of staff compared to, you know, scraping the barrel, trying to figure out ways to figure things out without that many resources and staff. So Amit and I got together after we played Clemson this year, and he sent me some of the data that they're using and we've been trying to trying to get on the, on a call together for a while. And we finally did because I wanted to hear a lot about Second Spectrum and how they use it. And as we were talking, about five minutes into the conversation, I was really enjoying it. And I caught, and I stopped them right there and I said, "Hey, you you mind if we go on a stat chat and do this? And we'll just have the same conversation, except you know I think other people will enjoy this also." So that's kind of how it came to be, and. We get into some, some really good detail about the college game. Now, the NBA has had second spectrum for a number of years now, but it's just starting to trickle into college and certain programs. Clemson is one of those. So the data from the NBA is what we've always used, what I've always used, and to hear some of the numbers in the college game on a you know, a limited basis because not every team has it was very interesting to me, and I, I think the detail that we're eventually going to get to here in the college game is going to be great for everybody, and um, it's just around the corner, I think. So um, so hope you enjoyed this one as much as I did in talking to Amit, and uh, uh, here we go. Welcome back to Stat Chat. Today's guest is Amit Taylor of Clemson University, where he is currently the uh, video coordinator. Amit has had different stints at, uh, let's see here, the Bulls, the Knicks, Florida, Florida, um, I think uh, it looks like Santa Clara as well. Meet, welcome to the Correct. show. Did I miss anything there?
1: Uh, well, I, I don't know if this is posted anywhere, but I had a very, very small small uh, role and small time at uh, Mississippi with, with women's basketball in this, in this transition period before I got here at Clemson. But, you know, it was so short that it, uh, it was almost like I was never there.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Well, uh, I think we'll start the show. We are still in the midst of uh, the corona quarantine I know I'm on. I've lost confidence about been about two to three weeks. So, um, just curious, what you guys at Clemson and what your staff and players are kind of um, doing now to to keep them engaged, and, and what what coaches and, and uh, staff can be doing to to make sure you can be the best you can be once this thing uh, straightens out and we all come back to to, to play.
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, let me, let me start by saying, thank you for having me on. And, and, uh, I think this is, I've listened to your pod for, you know, basically since we've played each other and, and, uh, you know, I think I've listened to every single one. So it's it's fun to do this. And, uh, and, and hopefully, uh, hopefully we can all share some stuff that we can take away from each other. Um, sure. to answer your other question, to, to answer your other question, what are we doing? What are our staff and players doing? Well, um, we have we're, we're supposed to talk to our players probably a couple times a week uh, uh we have i don't know how you guys do it but we have guys with their position groups so usually they're pretty pretty in touch almost every single day um hard to gauge what basketball stuff our players are doing um, because there's very limited gym access at the moment so couldn't really tell you much on that but uh as a staff, we're, we've been assigned different projects, whether it's like researching our team and all the threes we took, separating good threes from bad threes, and, and basically uh, assessing the offense that we ran over the course of the year, giving it all grades and and uh, little things like that. Our assistants are going over their scouts, I think, and, and trying to take deep dives into what, what worked, what didn't work, what adjustments we would make if we had to play them again
0: okay, um that's going back to the good threes versus bad threes um what what exactly does that mean well what what are you looking for when you're looking for that is that is that something you're personally doing or do you know who's on on that that's what they're exactly looking for?
1: yeah, that's been assigned to me um part of why I mentioned it, and it's kind of ambiguous it's we we have an idea of what coach likes as a good three versus a bad, obviously it's i think you know some. Kurt Goldsberry, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but Kurt Goldsberry did some yep. study and he's been studying, these, you know, every shot taken in the NBA over the last decade or so, maybe a little longer now, but it's come to some number, like 96 or 97% of threes are assisted or something like that. So obviously we're looking for how we're getting threes, whether it's inside out, whether it's paint, you know, driving kick, painting paint Peyton out, you know, we, we love, we love these threes after paint touches. We love transition threes, and and you know, uh, obviously, we you know, I think modern basketball is is layups, open threes, and, and free throws. So we we want to see what what exactly we're doing to get open threes, and and whether we're making them at the at the at the at the marks we should be making them at.
0: Okay, um, we're gonna come back to that in a little bit. Yeah, um, I kind of want to start with a little bit about your background. And one of the reasons we kind of connected after our game was the second spectrum data. So, you you know, you guys are one of, I think you can explain more, of the three teams, the ATC, probably a handful in the country. And can you just explain a little bit about your background with second spectrum and how you guys even got involved and and how, I guess, uh, we'll we'll start there and then we'll, we'll go from there.
1: Yeah, so um, you know, I, I start as we spoke on the phone a, a few days ago. My my first job in the league was to chart shots before it became done by the the computer tracking and, and the computer vision and all that. So um, that was a that was a big thing to me. And when, when the NBA instituted that, all of our jobs basically were made obsolete to do it by hand. So um, you know, at the time it was called Sport View. It was run by a company called called Stats Inc. and and, and you know, for for one reason or no, or, or another, it, it evolved into a company in LA, spun out of Southern Cal's computer science and statistics divisions, that that became Second Spectrum, where they took the optical tracking and combined it with some some computer learning algorithms, and it spits out unbelievable levels of, of data. So, um, how we got into that was I had been talking to the company since my time at Florida about you know what what exactly they're they're capable of and, and this stuff has evolved over the last several years, which is, it's unbelievable. Like just in the couple of years that we've been partnered with them so far, we've seen so many additions and improvements to it. So, um but, you know, having some friends in the NBA, they had told me about it, obviously giving me access to, to the levels of NBA data. and You know, just, just being able to search and filter things to unbelievable levels of detail uh, is, is kind of what attracted us to it. So, um, you know, we started a partnership with them two years ago and, uh, we've, we've gotten some unbelievable levels of, of information back on our team, which, you know, you would have never guessed. Like if he told me, you know, one of our players has on, on his three point attempts, he's got an average defender distance of like seven feet or something. And he's, and he's not shooting a great clip. So we're like, Hey, you know, we, we, we run great offense. We get you wide open shots. Here's how open you are. You better start making these open threes.
0: Right, right. Now I want to get into some of that detail. Yeah. Uh,
1: Yeah. I I, I want to get into some of that detail. If that's that's what you want, if that's the kind of answer you were looking for, if there's something. uh,
0: No, that's exactly. But before we get to that, I just I'm curious. um, So the three teams are you, Duke, and Wake Forest. Is that is that correct? Yeah. in,
1: In our league, it's us, Duke, and Wake Forest. And I don't know if I'm giving secrets away by saying something like that, but you know we're we're. We're one of three clients in the ACC of theirs. I I don't know what level Duke has, what what level of partnership Duke has with them, um, but I know when we played there a couple of years ago, we got our our tracking data back from that game. So I know they've got at least the the infrastructure for for all the hardware and 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 you know probably. buy was this nat-
0: something that um that Coach Bromwell is he a pretty uh, analytical guy? Is he did he. Two years ago, come and be like, we gotta be cutting edge. We gotta be one of the first to do this. Or was this, you know, since you had some experience, was it a joint effort or anybody else on staff? And it, I, the cost is pretty high, right? If I remember correctly, it's like 25 grand or, or maybe it's come down over the past couple of years and then a subscription per year. Is that kind of how it yeah. works or do they, did they yeah, want so. you guys so badly that they, you know,
1: brought it down a little bit? I don't know what all the particulars are in terms of cost, but how this was born was, uh, a couple of years ago, the year we went to the Sweet 16 after the season was over, coach came to me in the office and said, Hey, how can we make this, this part of your job better? And I said, Well, I have an idea, but it's not very cheap. And, uh, I didn't, you know, it's still even at the time, like they were, it, the cost of the hardware cost is a little bit ambiguous, but, um, it, you know, it involves them putting, optical tracking cam, not just the optical tracking cameras in your, in your arena, but also the wiring and the infrastructure that go into it. So that's, that's, uh, you know, a company that we had a contract out to do. Uh, and, you know, ours isn't a, you've been, you've been to our place. It's not a huge place, but it's not a small place either. Um, so wiring that place up definitely costs some money. Don't know the figures. Uh, the, the, the hardware is a one-time cost. So once you get it, you get it. And then it's a per year subscription fee. And I don't know all the details of that either. I just, right. I just give him, I just gave him some ideas. But, you know, what, how it was born was I would let him play around with the NBA interface, which has changed since we've let him play around with it. So it's actually in you know, a lot of ways better than it used to be. And, um, you know, I'd let him play around with it. He'd say like, Hey, I want to see how NBA teams play against soft coverages or what they do offensively against soft coverages. And it's soft, soft mean pick and roll, you know, where the big guy drops. um And the guard's supposed to get over under, get back in front. So I could filter I would just, you know, literally show him like a 500 clips. I just pull up the most recent 500 clips of NBA teams. And it was like a mix of teams. It wasn't just like a particular team. But, you know, obviously that's sure. another filter we could have applied to to the search. So I'd say like, okay, here's. 500 of the most recent clips against soft coverage here you go and i just stick it on his computer and let him watch and he just kind of go through and and he'd tell me like hey okay how do i do how do i navigate this and i just say press up down or spacebar and uh you know he'd, he'd go through he'd cycle through whatever number of clips and you know write some notes down maybe write some things up draw some things up and and go from there or you know he'd ask me like hey go go get you know he'd watch some game or he'd watch some team. He's, he's really good friends, with Brad Steven. So he'd study them a lot the Celtics and, uh, he'd say like, Hey, go see how Boston is doing this or go see what, what this is called when you know, go reach out to the Celtics people and, and see what this is called. So, uh, some, you know, a little bit of combination of reaching out to some people and then studying it on, on the second spectrum interface, got him a little bit intrigued. And, uh, you know, not long after that, the, the reps from second spectrum were in our offices, giving us a demo of the new stuff that was coming out. So, um, and how, how much There's do they there. help you
0: with? Like, um, you know, uh, let's say you come up with an idea that you want to track. Uh, are you kind of doing that on your own now? Or do you have a, somebody that you just tell what you want and it just fits back to you? Or how how closely do you have a representative
1: working with you on that? Or is it all just you guys? We probably talk to them about once a week, especially early on, just trying to figure out. So they switched their entire platform over in the interface. And before all you could watch in the old interface, I don't know if you've had any experience with it, the old interface, you could just watch like clips, possessions or whatever. Now you can watch whole games, uh, all the way through both our interface, the college, the NCAA interface and the, and the NBA interface. So they look very similar. Um, they, they function the same. The search, the the search features uh, have improved. Now, like, you know, a year ago, we couldn't search for certain things. But now, or, you know, starting this year, we could, and like, we could narrow, we basically had the same uh, filtering abilities as the NBA guys did, which is, which is great. Cause now I can set like, you know, we're, we're going to play a team that I us where we want to see how, how, um, you know, what, what kind of opportunities people get to short roll them. So we could say like, okay, ice on this side of the floor and then throw it out and throw it out to the corner for a three or whatever, or, you know, a pass across the top, a pass across the paint, whatever. Um, so, you know, it, it's, at the beginning, we were asking them a lot of questions, and now it's come to a point where we can kind of specify like what we're looking for—not to them, but we can specify in the search filters like, "Hey, this is what we're looking for." Like, so like a like a dribble handoff followed by a ball screen with a pass across the top. Well, yeah, let's let's, all let's talk about that across
0: now. Across. Let's let's um, let's get into a little bit of the detail of what you at Clemson specifically use this for. So, what type of things are you programming to? To track, like what does what does coach and your assistants want to see that second spectrum can do for you?
1: Well, the, the the beauty of it is that we they don't know exactly what the capabilities are yet. So I and and, and to be honest, like it's it's kind of in the limitations of your imagination almost. So um, we're in, in the process of assessing our offense. Another staff member and I are, are kind of doing that a little bit together, where he's he's kind of giving it grades and I'm trying to see if, like. The execution level, the number of passes, the, 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 you know, whether we got a paint touch or not, whether we, whether, you know, our, you know, how, how it ended, what kind of shot, and what kind of shot quality we got or, you know, locations of shots. That, that's kind of like we're, you know, this staff member and I are kind of collaborating. So we're trying to get a, get a feel for what worked and what didn't. So we're teaching it like concepts of our offense. So like we, we ran a lot, second half of the year, we ran a lot of stuff, uh, via dribble handoffs so with our five man, so now we can just kind of say like, okay, let let's uh let's teach a dribble handoff followed by ball screen with a pass across the top or a pass across to our to our five man is called so and so, right? Or is called whatever. And we can just say like search for more like this, and now we'll start to see like the computer go to work and say, like, okay, here's every dribble handoff followed by a ball screen on this side of the floor, you know, whatever. Stuff like that. And so we're starting to teach it a little bit of the concepts of our offense and then um we can actually so this year it actually discovered last year I had to teach it from zone defense. This year it all, uh, it, it put in a zone defense filter so now I can just tell it what looks like three two versus two three versus one three one. And uh you know, we said we don't play against a ton of it but we did uh for, for stretches of the season. So now I can separate like, okay, here's our offense against one three one, here's our offense against two three, here's our offense against three two, and here's how we did against each one. Here's what we ran, here's what we did, here's the shot quality we got, here's you know basically some so, so right, many yeah, levels and, of details so sorry sorry that, that, that seems like a mouth no that
0: that was perfect that that was a lot so I'm going to try and go uh there's a couple things I wrote down there yeah that you know I think we're all curious on offense and um how to make our offense better and you mentioned a lot of things so I'm curious like a lot of statistics is kind of verifying your gut and sounds like you're testing a lot of things I, I guess first we'll start with number of passes because I had a i yeah. a couple of guests on that track passes. They do it sure. by hand. They're going to be, uh, they're going to be really upset when they hear how the computer does it <laughs> continuously. But, right. um, what, what are you finding? Let's just start with that one. Number of passes in a half court possession, not transition, obviously, because I'm sure you sure. take those out because those don't yeah, really, I mean, uh, you don't want passes in transition. You want, right. you want dunks. <laughs> so, um, right. what are you finding in half court offense with the number of passes?
1: I'll be 100% honest with you. I haven't looked at that at all, like half court versus transition. So what we started was last year we looked at 300 passes, and I know that's like a goal that a lot of NBA teams have, or something like that. So we we set our benchmark at 300. And last year when we when we hit the 300 mark, I think we only lost one game. And then when we didn't hit wow. the 300 mark, it was it was a lot different. This year the the results were a much bigger mixed bag. We didn't, we didn't hit 300 passes in a lot of games. We came close, but not quite. And the, the, the neat thing about this year's team was it was a completely different team. We had, I think seven or eight or nine new players and we, we implemented a brand new style of play, more motion, five out type stuff, emphasizing ball movement, spacing, cutting, passing and, and, um, you know, as a whole, we, 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 we came close to our goal for the season and I think we were about 290 or so passes for the season. Uh, compared to last year, that was about 20 more passes per game than, than last year's team. The bigger one, the bigger thing to me was I think we did a lot better shot with, with potential assists, which is, which is passes that lead directly to a shot. Now, I haven't gone into great detail on, on whether these are, you know, Late clock, just give the ball up and let somebody else have it hot potato style, or whether it's like ball reversal, ball reversal, drive and kick, pass out for three or whatever. But that's, that's something we're definitely, definitely going to take a look at here in the next couple of weeks while we have all this time to research our own team.
0: So, so what exactly does that mean? That, that this year when you guys had, you know, let's say per game, higher potential assists that, your point should be higher. I mean, that's kind of—is that kind of obvious? Or um, I, I,
1: I I'm trying to think so. why that would. Give me, give me one there, second. Like, what, is pull number, up, uh,
0: what is the number? What um, is You know, per game potential assist that uh, you know was a key number. Or what, what are you guys aiming? Is that is there a number that you aim for? Like what is what was the average? That's
1: that's because obviously they did. they
0: track that overseas, but they don't really track that here.
1: That's an interesting one. So we didn't really know. Because last year was our first year as a benchmark, and we had a we had a guy last year who was a great one-on-one player, so our potential assist numbers were below thirty. We were at twenty twenty-nine potential assists last year. Probably, i you know, and to be honest, I don't you know I there aren't a whole lot of teams to compare to just yet now, and, and it's hard to compare to the NBA game because you have another eight minutes and you have a completely different yeah. style of play. I think, but this, you know, last year we were at twenty-nine potential assists per game. This year we were at thirty-five. So. Um, to, to go along with the ball movement, and and uh, the the ball movement piece is big for us. But you know that means like one more passes around the horn to one more skips and things like that. So it's it's definitely something we're keeping an eye on. Uh, I wish we had a few more teams to compare it to, and I wish um, you know I, I I can only hope this becomes cheap enough where everybody at some point can adopt these kinds of technologies and and give us a universal database because it's great to have something like synergy, but I'm sure you've come up with some some gripes about synergy over the years, just like I have. And you know, I think the the, the way they count things is a little bit funky. So um, having an yeah, this, this is accurate, definitely next level. An and that's why I'm, Sorry, yeah, for
0: sure this is this is next level, and I'm very confident that it will be all over the college game within five years. I think they just have I to figure out, so. like you said, how to get costs down, and then. Then it'll be a whole other story because obviously programs like ours that, uh, you know, we don't, we don't have, uh, ACC budget that, that's just not going to work. And I, you know, maybe we can get some, actually in this, in this climate, probably not, but to raise the <laughs> money from, you know, an alum that just is like, yeah, you need that. But that's tough. It's tough. And I know I would definitely use it, but it's also a lot of information for a small staff right. Right. At, at the low major. But I have a feeling, you know, it's going to cost something to come down. It's going to, you're going to have, you know, self-help stuff to kind of get it done yourself in in the next sure. couple of years. That's why it's, you guys are kind of on the front end of it. But um now going back, because I don't want to, uh, I don't want to gloss over the thing that I obviously love and track and would love to have the computer do it for me. We actually, um when I'm talking about a shot quality, we, we, sure. we actually just started figuring out how to do it through synergy and oh, really? it's very accurate. Uh, I have a manager, uh, Simon Gersberg, who um, he's, uh, he's, I don't know, he's like an engineer. He's he's great with um, with kind of writing code. And he took the string of synergy based on every shot that's taken, every turnover, and is able to spit out shot quality, like what you're talking about, shot quality over the course of the game. And I do it by hand, you know, which, uh, you know, I I think I can do it a little bit better based on who shoots it and where they shoot it. Sure. La uh, you know average distance defender, which synergy obviously doesn 't do, and we' it 's really close to my numbers and we we tested it out over about five or six games and it 's been really accurate so i uh, i do i'm starting to trust it, and i'm 'm debating whether it just goes straight to it all year next year because I love seeing those numbers, but can you talk a little bit about um what you 're talking about with shot quality and how second spectrum does it without a huge database like they have from the NBA to kind of sure. teach itself?
1: Um so the the, the shot quality is, is some things you've already hit on who sh- who the shooter is where the shot's coming from uh was it assisted was it not assisted or you know is it coming off one on one off the dribble pads, behind a ball screen so all these things they basically have built a model that takes a lot of factors into co- in, into account and one I think for coaches one of the big ones is the contest whether you take a contested shot or not this thing is unbelievably accurate, so it can detect hand up and hand down. To my knowledge, like it, like it, it, it gives a contest. So I, you know, we reward effort to contest even if you don't necessarily get to to to, to close the distance as much as we like. We we reward the effort of jumping and, and sticking a hand in the air. Um, this thing what, is incredibly accurate. Do you have um,
0: some of those numbers, like the difference? Because we always talk about it, and we we like to talk about. It, and I, I vaguely remember reading a study that getting in somebody's space was better than elite challenge. Do you have, right. um, you know, not necessarily for Clemson, but uh, college-wide or maybe just for Clemson, maybe for you guys because you have that. Oh, I can't you know, remember. Three, I, do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. To...
1: Yeah, let me uh, – I I remember seeing a study done in the NBA a couple of years ago, but I'll, I'll look at some of our college data because our threes are different than the NBA threes. So sure. um, give me one second. Um, so obviously the, the biggest one to me is the restricted. So the first area we looked at was the restricted area because our team was smaller this year. Our team was not a very athletic or shot blocking team. So we looked at the restricted area and contesting a shot in the restricted area was worth about 30% of field goal defense, if you can believe that. Yeah. So yeah. That, that was, that,
0: that's, a, that was, that was, yeah, because you're counting all then, the open layups and that. So which are close, right. to, you know, 100%. And then, you know, maybe like 90%. So I, I, I can definitely believe that. Um, now, and then what about as you get a little further
1: out? Give me one sec. So I'm going to give you another data point here. Give me one second. I'm going to give you another data point. I'm looking at 1920 data compiled by second spectrum here. Um, and what I'm going to give you is a, a what they give as shot quality versus and, and the shooter impact, which is how much above or below the expected value that you that you score or shoot at, so the uh the expected value of a of a contested lay or a contested shot in the restricted area is about sixty percent right okay. but if you go to uncontested, it's basically a hundred percent right right you, you know peop obviously we have some people below uncontested layups whether it's transition or something but the first so that's worth about thirty percent thirty or forty percent worth of defense right there okay so now.
0: Let's and what you're at. talking about is, does it give you, can you measure, which I know the NBA does, and this is, I think this is really important, what you, like you just said it, so you have your guys' expected value, like above or below what, like so Amir Sims might have been 66% contested, and that's really good, and your backup might have been 48 uh, does it right. Does it give you those numbers?
1: Yeah, it does, actually. So, again, you know, it gives you the the, diff, diff, the difference between what you should be shooting versus what you actually shoot. If that's, is that the question you're asking?
0: Yeah, I think that's really important because, yeah. you know, you talk about it all the time. And I tell our shooters, I mean, when I, I know we're talking about restrict area, but I tell our shooters, like, look, if you can get the shot off and it's catch and shoot, like, and I don't have, I mean, I guess I do have some of the numbers to back this up, but you, I want you shooting that shot because you can make it at 35 40%. And just right. give you this should give you exactly the exact number. Whereas I'm kind of estimating based on you know how close the defender is and how much time you have to get the shot off. So, um, so go ahead. So,
1: I, I didn't mean, so, to so sorry. Keep going. So the next area, so the next area we focused on is is paint too. So you know not in the restricted area, but in the paint. So basically between the restricted area and the free throw line, because I think that's a shot that a lot of us try to get. We think of it as good shots. You know, it's a lot of times it's pull up shots. You wouldn't believe how difficult these shots can be, Um, and if you have if you have shot makers or guys who are really good in this area, like I'm, I think this is a really a a big reason why we won some games this year is because we dominated this particular area, and you know the expected value of a shot in this area is about forty five percent.
0: Wow. Wow. so so it's way lower. (laughs) <laughs> Wait, it, like it's it's, a, it's about 30, it,
1: yeah, it's about you know twenty thirty percent lower than what you would expect to shoot in the in the restricted area. Uh, now, yeah. and, when you look at the contest versus uncontested data, you'll be surprised. Contested contested shots in this area are about forty forty four percent expectation value, and uncontested shots in this area are going to be about fifty three. So, not a huge difference.
0: Right, right. And now moving back. Cause this is the one I think, uh, creates the most argument, like midway. I agree. You know, like, yeah. uh, so, so 12 to 20 at, feet, or now right. 12 so, to 24, 22 feet.
1: We look at, we call them non-paint twos, alright? And, and you're going to find that this is, we, we have a couple guys, we had a guy here who was unbelievable. We, he was a complete outlier, so we let him do and shoot whatever, whatever kind of shot he wanted. Uh, let's start with the overall value. You know, all shots, all overall. What they compiled was the expectation value here is about thirty-nine percent. Okay,
0: similar to the NBA, yeah.
1: Or, yeah is, and, is and, this and, the NBA data or? No, this is this is our this is you know all okay. the NCAA okay. data they they compiled for this year, gotcha. and and the numbers in the NBA are not a whole lot different. They're probably about no, two, plus no. my, plus about two or three percent because I think the shooting in the NBA is a hell of a lot better. Right um, now, right. C- contested. Contested non-paint twos. The expected value is, um you know, again thirty-eight percent.
0: It's that it's that similar the thirty-nine to thirty-eight. That doesn't really that it's doesn't kind it's, of test.
1: Which is, which is, is interesting. That, now, now what the actual field the expected value is about thirty-eight. What the actual field goal percentage is is thirty-three. The, the actual the 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 actual shooting percentage they compiled is thirty-three percent. On eight on about I'm a missing thousand. Missing something
0: here. How does that work? That's that's impossible. You can only have contested and uncontested. If one of them's 39, one of them's
1: 38. How do we so, get to so, 33? Well, one of them. Give me give me a second. Let me explain it. So what I gave you the the first number I gave you was all shots, contested and uncontested. The expect the expected oh, value, okay. contested okay. or uncontested. So now I'm looking at uncontested. So what I just gave you was contested, uncontested, non paint twos are about 43 percent.
0: Okay. Okay. But still, I don't understand how that gets you down to thirty, thirty-three
1: 33%. So, that, no, yeah, I gave, ones? So, so what I'm giving you are, are expected values versus actual values. So the expected value was 38. The actual value was 33. Does that make sense? The, or like the expected shooting percentage was 38%. Yeah, but it shouldn't, yeah. they
0: should be relatively close, shouldn't they? Because uh, over time, the expected value, I would think the computer would read that the expected value would be, you know, one or two percentage points off from the actual value if you have sure. enough data. Otherwise, it's, the expected value is wrong. You know what I mean? Like, you get the sure. expected value by the actual data over time. Sure. So that's, that's, you know, that's, you know that's kind of
1: weird. Probably an area I want to study a little bit more than see what goes on into this, and I'll, I'll compare yeah. it to the NBA data, too. Um, i can I can how, can how did your guy set.
0: we have a, we have a we have one or two guys that are pretty good mid range shooters and same thing they shoot sure. like forty forty to fifty percent at best and probably closer to the forty mark um how How did your guy that you say or that you know is a good mid range shooter what were his numbers like
1: I will give you those in a second here
0: because I think that's like one of the difficult things about coaching players that can make the shot pretty consistently. And then you look at the data and you're like, well, you're still only shooting 45%, which is, right. you know, 45% times two, 0.9 points per possession, which right. is a little below what you want your team to be. Right. So it's it's tough. And I talked to a coach from Drexel that said they even break it down even more that they do good, mid like great mid-range, which is right. wide open mid-range, no one near you, and then they go back a little to you know open mid-range that isn't like butt naked, and then one to contested, and they're trying to get rid of the everything contested. but the wide open mid-range. Right. Is shot around sixty percent on those. Right, sixty percent will take all day from two, but sure. you know the forty to forty-five, like even though it's like it looks good and you to make them in practice, it's still. Still pretty bad if you're going to be shooting points. Yeah, you know, it's, it's point obviously the numbers don't shot. add up in
1: your favor there. Give me one. Right. Our, our guy, right. Marquise Reed, on, uh, uncont- you know, overall he was about 40, 44%, maybe 44 Give me one second. I'll, give it, I'll go back in a second here. Uh, uncontested, he was actually worse. Somehow, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily make a whole lot of sense. He was 38% uncontested on mid-range shots as a senior. Uh, contested, he was, you know, uh, forty-four percent, which is the majority of his shots. <laughs>
0: right, right.
1: So, and, so, and, so he
0: ended up probably around like forty to forty-four, which is yeah, you know,
1: not good. He ended That's up forty-four. As and as, still as, good as he play is. Yeah. Now, we go back, there are very few outliers.
0: And I'd love to see. I don't know if this can be tested, but my my theory is. So we have a guy who, you know, he's electric. Our point guard is electric, and he's a very good mid-range shooter. Well, very comparatively speaking. And I wonder if allowing the mid-range shot for a player like that opens up his game to get the easy ones. Because our guy gets layups, like, which are, you know, 75 to 80%. But he, like, when somebody plays him well, he might have to take a step off. So it's like, are you eliminating the really good shots by curtailing, like saying, don't shoot that. It's a bad shot because it is a bad shot in the grand scheme of things. But are you then limiting his ability or uh, can you teach somebody, yeah, that's a bad shot. So if you get the easy one, take it. And if you, they, if, if you can't, then you got to keep moving the ball. So th- I don't, I mean, I'll just leave that open to you. Is there any way to test that? Like, Maybe find a bunch of players that take a bunch of mid range and see if if that can lead to other good baskets or you know what I'm trying to say here yeah that... i
1: I think there's something to be said for guys people see the ball go through the basket, and I think it gives them confidence you know the the more confidence they have you know sure they they might take some bad ones, but um you know good players are i I've always said this good players are going to make tough shots. Whether it's a three, whether it's a layup, whether it's a mid-range shot, good players make tough shots, and that is, you know, kind of held over time. Like we like, we look at some NBA comps, like like Chris Paul is an outlier mid-range shooter. Dirk was an outlier mid-range shooter. We we look at these numbers. We have, we have a guy who we're trying to trying to you know get him to to see a little bit more of these numbers, not necessarily to change his game up, but to to let him know like, hey, this is. This is the, these are the guys who are really, really good, and these are the percentages they shoot, which is why their coaches are probably letting them go with whatever they want. So we've, we've shown right. him, like, you know, we've gone on, on, we've, we've given him the comps of, like, here's Chris Paul's mid-range numbers. Here's Dirk Nowitzki's mid-range, you know, here are so-and-so guys' mid-range numbers. So, um, how good you know, are those guys bit,
0: from mid-range? What, what I are mean, those? they're like the unbelievable. The I'm about world. to
1: pull up. I'm about to pull up some uh, – you know what? Let me just filter this NBA stuff out right now and uh, and, and give you give you the top shooters in the, in, in the non-team tuner. While, while you're doing
0: that, I'm a, I'll am i throw something at you and the listeners that, like, if you think about is it, it's obvious, but I'm not sure you've always thought about it. But uh, mid-range over the course of a game and a season with those numbers are not going to lead to winning. But in the last minute, if you need a bucket – you kind of want a mid-range over a three. It because honestly, honestly, it doesn't matter where the ball comes be... from. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. so It's it's kind of backwards to think, like, I'll force him into a mid-range, but if it's the last possession in your time, you know, the, just the, uh, get the just college will be about 34-35% versus what well, you just said, 39-40%. So, uh, you know, you always got to figure out if you're playing for the long-term or the short-term. So, at the end of the game, if you're on defense, you got to limit the easiest shots possible, and that's closer to the rim out. But it's kind of right. weird to think about that if you shoot those your whole game or the whole season, you're gonna lose. But uh sure. and, it, and,
1: and we 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 had a pretty pretty reasonably high volume of mid range shots taken last year, just because our guys were slightly better mid range shooters and had a little bit more in their game to to, to do stuff like that. But this year we. Well, I think our three-point volume is almost 50%, and, and our corner threes actually went up too, which is which is another interesting point. I'm sure we'll touch on it at some point. But here we are with the top. So this season, the top non-paint two shooters, uh and I filtered it by a minimum of 100 attempts to give it some level of like consistency. Seth Curry, number sure. one, 56%. Chris Paul, 52%. Kevin Love, 52%. Chris Middleton, 52%. And then you get some. Some interesting ones: Brogdon, 49%; C.J. McCollum, 49%; Gildas Alexander, 48%; Kendrick Nunn, 48%. Like, yeah. you you go to the top of this list, and there's four guys who've taken 100 attempts shooting better than 50% on these.
0: Yeah, so so that's the best in the world that you're looking at. And these are 50 to 54%, uh, right? Which is pretty good. So not a whole lot of college guys are probably going to get that done. Uh, especially with, with the way games played in the NBA where it's so spread out where you might be a little bit more open off the dribble and guys are a little bit better off the dribble. A lot of those guys you mentioned with guards. That's telling me they're getting off the dribble, uh, pull ups rather than catch and shoot pull
1: ups. Um, and, 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 but and it, that's, you mentioned that's a lot of attempts. Yeah. That's a hundred attempts minimum. There, I'm sure there are guys with yeah. 10 and have made like seven just, you know, right. you know right. over right. time, that right. number is going to regress to, to closer to 45 ish percent.
0: Right, right. Now, you, you talked about corner threes, and it's well known in the NBA because it's a little bit shorter. Um, what, what did you see about corner threes in the college game?
1: I think teams made a conscious effort to shoot more, to be honest with you. I know we did. We were up uh, by about, I think, five or six corner threes for the season per game. Compared, I think we didn't shoot a whole lot of corner threes last year at all. And we were up about five or six attempts a game this year. I any, know I had a
0: specific I, reason why or was it just advance, Or did you guys kinda of work on driving kick a little bit more?
1: Yeah, we we definitely had to do driving kick the way we were playing. and We had a five man who could pass and create shots for other people. So we ended up uh you know, and he's a pretty savvy passer, more savvy than I think we realized at the beginning of the year. He's a he's a pretty savvy passer. We had we had some experience going overseas to Italy and playing with the with the international lines and which which are now our lines, so we we kind of got a, like a like a trial run of of how we're going to do, and, and our percentages weren't super super or anything, but you know certain guys were killers from the corners, and and I think right. we did a good job in transition running to the corners uh, to to get some easy ones because we always say like there's shots available in the corners, just get there.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and now I, the other thing you mentioned was the paint touches. So yeah, what and you can program. Uh, not synergy, uh, second spectrum to read any time, you know, the ball or your man goes across the paint. Is that right? So second spectrum yes. can give you the exact yep. data you're looking for. And what, what have you found? What, what kind of trends show up there?
1: So obviously our shot quality is, is way better after a, 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 especially on our three. So actually it's a, what's cool is, is I can, there's a tab in there called rankings and I can just kind of say that's so all put in some filters and just say save it so I can I'm pulling up this one that says three point shooting after paint touches (laughs) and what and and what
0: was the difference uh
1: well we didn't shoot a great percentage we shot we underperformed by about 11 percent, but our shot quality was rated very high I would say it's um you know we had we you know in our games that were tracked we got 101 paint 101 uh threes after paint touches whether that's drive and kick, across, skip across, or, you know, even offensive rebounds. It just kind of knows. It, it, it's unbelievable. Like, and, I, and sometimes I question the accuracy of it, or I'll go and watch just to validate it myself, and I, I haven't had one issue with this something being wrong yet.
0: You mentioned you count so, paint touches as if the ball crosses the paint, too, so, you know, it doesn't yeah, necessarily so like have to dry, see my feet yeah, so in there. Like a,
1: yeah, so, like, the ball crosses the paint, it, it counts it, you know? Like it. Did you guys shoot better? got right. Our shot. Your actual was, stats. I
0: mean, clearly, uh, shot numbers. quality is all is all that matters in the long run. But right. underperformed by eleven percent kind of uh, sends off alarms to me. Of, yeah. Like, like, what are you missing?
1: So we're, well, we're so we're, we weren't so so something we started to notice. We watched it as a staff, and we realized either guys weren't weren't ready to shoot or the pass wasn't right in the shot pocket. So we, uh, we emphasized on time on target after watching this stuff. That was the reason. That was a big reason why our percentages were low. Um, Right. Right. And and I know like when we played
0: against you guys, you guys did a lot of, um, I know you said you changed your offense up, but a lot of brush cuts to try and get in the paint. Uh, Yeah. Is that, is that something knowing those stats that, that coach Bromwell's, Really emphasizing, or because you mentioned passes too, like it's, yeah, they're a little bit conflicting. Because if you're moving the ball around, you might not get as many paint touches, but sure, you got to get paint touches. So it, it, it's a little bit conflicting, but you need you need to have that balance. So how did you guys manage that?
1: So I repeat your question one more time. It was uh, a. So it was how did,
0: did you guys? Emp- what, what did what did the coaches emphasize on offense, knowing that paint-touch data?
1: Uh, making the right decisions was the big one. And, and then the on-time, on-target passing was the other big one. Like, those were the two biggest points of emphasis with us. Like, we would do, we would run great offense. We would get wide-open corner threes or wide-open drive, and, you know, diagonal pass threes, and then pass would be off target. Or a guy would have to move another step. Or, guy maybe you know, sometimes the guys didn't move on the penetration to the right spot to get there. So, like, if we're getting baseline penetration, we're supposed to slide a guy into the corner. Well, if the guy's not there or if the guy's not in position, the pass is going to be, you know, a little off target most likely. Or if he's late, the pass is going to be going somewhere else rather than into a shooting pop. So that was, you know, getting guys to to move on penetration was was a big one. On time, on target, passing. And then shot ready is what we would say a lot. So, like, you know.
0: Yeah, you mentioned mentioned, – I think those are some key points for coaches, and that's something um, we have – our effective field goal percentage over the past four or five years has been off the charts and – One of the reasons, I think, is how much we emphasize moving on penetration. So we don't even say, like, sprinting. We just, like, one or two steps either direction is going to screw your defense up because if they lunge it all, you're going to be where they don't expect you to be. So we do drills all the time, whether it's, you know, the obvious ones where one guy drives and kicks to another, three-man, four-man with fake defense, we're all, you know, let my guy go, and everyone has to uh move around. Or, uh, the offense has to find gaps around them on the three-point line so we can get good shots, and the, and the offensive guys has to make a, a good decision to, to pass to one of them, and then you might have a guy running at you and make the extra pass. But I think that's so important. And obviously um stats backs that up, and it's kind of obvious. Sure. But that's I think so important if you wanna be a team that shoots as many threes as we do and it looks like that you guys did this year. Right. It's so important to, to show that. And you can see it on film and Second Spectrum to be able to uh, you know, do that on its own is great right. because we have to clip it and, and do it on our own, like the you know, the old fashioned way <laughs> that most of the teams in the country have to do, but um but that's 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 big for any program. Uh, I wanna I wanna ask a little bit more about shot quality. So yeah. is it spit out a score, like a expected score after every game that you guys see to know yes. if you were lucky or unlucky essentially?
1: Yes. As a matter of fact it does. I don't know if you remember the report I sent you from our game, but I'll I'll pull that one up here.
0: So yeah, I got so that. there's a there uh,
1: there's a uh underneath the little shot distributions, the pictures, uh it'll do it by your shooters, but then above that it'll tell you um you know, team shooting performance, and it'll say, okay, here's Clemson, 56.7% effective, shot quality 54.9, uh, Colgate, 553 effective, there you go, with really high effective field goal percentage, uh, shot quality 55.8. And I know we were scared as heck of you guys uh, shooting as well as you did from three, and you guys killed us from three. You guys made like 11 or 13 threes, something like that.
0: No, I, I, I'm. I don't really understand what this is saying. So we shot fifty-five percent effective field goal and That's what we should have sure.
1: shot. Yeah, no, that's what you shot. So this this column that's that's your actual effective field goal percentage for the game. This next one that says QSQ is the shot quality. So you guys took good quality shots, and for the most part, you made them.
0: So we were right around what we should so right have been. You guys were right around should have shot. What you,
1: yeah. And and this, and one, then this does it give SI, you a
0: score.
1: Yeah, so so you, you know, guys actually
0: it. shot better. You guys shot better than expected, is what I'm reading
1: here. Because yeah, you
0: were 56, and you should have shot 52. Damn,
1: right. <laughs> is that, that what that's, where that's where the saying game, here? So that, that, it doesn't. That, that's where the game down
0: came down to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it so it doesn't give you like a final score, right? Or am I am I missing that?
1: Uh, so in terms of the over or under performance, the next column called QSI is. Is what you what you did over or under? So yours is a minus point uh, okay. five, and, and ours is a plus one point eight. That that kind, of, I, I think that's what you're looking for.
0: Yeah, I'm not seeing that, but that makes sense. So, um, and I I mean I do the same thing, and just you know, so you know, I did look at what it was for that game, and we weren't unlucky. The final score was like eighty-one to sixty-nine. And I think I had it at right. like eighty to seventy or something like that, which is right very close to to accurate. Right. So we, we both did do kind of what we were expected. Um, unfortunately, we had I think twenty-something turnovers, which we're one of the best teams in the country, at not turning the ball over, but <laughs> not in the second game of the season against a very good ACC defensive team. So that uh, it, that that didn't help us too much. Um, now I, I want to kind of go ahead.
1: Well, I was gonna say one of the things I love from these post game reports is one of the the area that I love looking at is the paint and the restricted area, and I see just the attempts just going back to the game here. 19 attempts to 34 in the in you know on basically what we would consider good twos, and then you look at the effective you know the effective field goal percentages. Um, You guys we both shot the same amount in the restricted area. You guys shot a little better in the paint, but you just had you know almost 20 fewer attempts, which which to me is an interesting one because we looked at some of those trends like how many shots do we get per game in the restricted or how many do we give up, how many mid-ranges do we force, how, you know, things, things like that become a thing we look at over the course of a season.
0: Now, now, how much is the staff – this is so much information. I think that's what scares people. I mean, it's, it's overwhelming to a degree. What are – what's Coach Bromwell and, and the assistants – what are they focusing on the most? Is there is there, is there some things they are like, this, I need to know this number, or this is just too much like, God, you tell me what's important. How are they managing all this information?
1: So, um, after every game, we have coach for, I don't know when he started this, this must have been either right when I got there or right before I got there, we, we have a little board up in our film room that has all our game goals. So our game goals are we want a defensive rebound, of 72% of, of missed shots. We want to you know, our shot quality that's done by an assistant coach uh, uh, on a much simpler one-two-three scale, and not so much a quantified shot quality from second-second second scale uh, is is a, is a goal, and we want to hit a particular average for the for the game. Um, contesting shots, we want to contest like seventy percent of shots. Um, we want to make more free throws than our opponent takes. We want you know things that are very common sense. We want to keep it below yep. eleven or twelve turnovers, something like that. So we have a go we have a board and 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 we you know our our coaches are interested in all this stuff but we boil it down to about seven or eight things that we give to the to the coaching staff after the game and usually those are pretty good barometers so we it's great that we have all this information but it it probably boils down to a few things and then if there's a few nuggets like hey you know we gave up 25 shots in the restricted area I'll say something like that to coach or So you'll you know,
0: have and how many people are in that meeting like uh and you guys have Big staff. On yeah, we have website. a big staff.
1: It's it, it's pretty much everybody.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so, there every, a lot of people every, stay quiet. Yeah. And if anybody has anything to say, they'll 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 pipe in. Yeah, but it's not
1: really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, a, a lot of it's centered around the, the assistants talking about their position group and what went well, what didn't go well, what what an improvement the scout coach is talking about. You know, what adjustments or what what he thought was good from our game plan, what he didn't think was good from the game plan, and what he would change if we had to play somebody again.
0: And what is your specific responsibility? So game ends. What's your specific responsibility as video coordinator at Clemson?
1: So number one is give the game to all the coaches. <laughs> I think that one's yep. pretty yep. pretty uh, universal. Number one, get everybody the game. Uh, number two, we we were very fortunate. We've got a big staff. We've got managers who really want careers in the business. So uh, we have these guys break up uh, break down the game so that it's completely broken down by the end of the game and you know, coach if coach just wants to watch offense, he can click on the role called offense. If he wants to watch zone offense, we have a zone offense. If he wanna watch you know, pick and rolls, he'll watch pick and rolls. If he wants to watch defense, or will watch whatever you know, our games are broken down so many different ways and our managers do such an unbelievable job of, of doing that during the game sure. so we don't have to think about that stuff after the game or during the game. Um so we, we get a completely broken down game by the time the game's over and it's just my job to distribute it to the assistants. Uh and after that I'm Going back and tagging you know during the game, I keep up running log of our offensive possessions and uh kind of keep track of all the all the stuff we do on those so i go back in and and uh first things i'll I'll do it uh, I'll label it in the uh in the game file and then i'll I'll go teach the computer what to do it um do with that stuff and then lineups are a big one we we coach is really interested in lineup data and I know we haven't touched on that yet, but coach is really interested in that stuff so my and spectrum, spectrum is
0: does all that right yeah or, it, or i guess.
1: Yeah, so we get a, uh, in these post game reports, we'll actually get, uh, kind of a breakdown of the top lineups we used and, uh, some, some data points that we'd like about them. So let's see, what data points does it give us? Because I haven't looked at one of these in a while.
0: Yeah, um, I, I was looking at it. It does give you that on the, the, the sheet you sent
1: me. So, yeah, so, you know. so what it will give you is obviously how many minutes you guys play, how many, you know, Possessions or whatever minutes, and then it'll give you some some quick summary stats of points per possession, effective field goal percentages, and then the corresponding values that go with the defensive stuff there. Um, and and you know if we're really interested in something, I'll, I'll I'll look at every lineup uh, and and kind of give them a, a summary of like what lineups we played the most, you know what what lineups played the most possessions, what lineups were particularly good or bad uh, and why. So we'll give them some stuff about like defensive rebounding like say, you know, our backup five man struggled with defensive rebound and and that showed up every time he was on the floor. So we kinda of say like, okay, well, we can't we, we put him in and our defensive rebounding suffered by this much. Went from seventy five percent to sixty eight percent or you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, and then a big one for us was we had so so much uh change in our in our lineup structure over the coach of the year that I'd have to tell him like, hey, our starters are really good, but they only play eight minutes a game together or something like that. Right. Our right. starters are plus 72 on the year, uh, but they only played, you know, when we win, they play 15 minutes a game together. When we lose, they play six, you know, whether it's foul trouble or whatever. Um, or, you know, we had a kid who got hurt in the second game of the year. So he didn't even play against you guys, but he was, he, I think he was our best percentage shooter from three and he missed the first half of the season after the second game. Um, but we stick it. We, you know, we, we stuck him in the lineup and you know, suddenly our three point shooting went through the roof or our shooting percentage went through the roof because of his grab, you know, I think I'm sure you've heard of gravity scores, things like that, where having a shooter on the floor creates driving space for other people because defenses are hugged up to the shooters. Well,
0: talk a little bit more about that. I actually have not heard of gravity scores. So,
1: um, So this was originally born out of Kyle Corver, um, being being the best shooter in the league several years ago and i think what they called it was a gravity score meaning like him being on the floor pulls his defender this much closer and opens up lanes and opens up offense for everybody else because the health defense on his guy isn't able to help over as much so you know i can't remember exactly how this was born but you know somebody put out somebody on espn put out an article called gravity or gravity scores or something like that and uh that was like kind of the first time they they studied the the impact of of defender distance and health on or you know off the ball uh hugged up to really good shooters basically and so you know now Steph Curry is a is a big study of this one Clay Thompson became a big study of this one so the gravity meaning like the distance between the the health defender and the guy that that they're supposed to defend uh and what that does for the rest and of and offense. you can, and essentially
0: second spectrum can give you that value for every single player and then figure out the offensive efficiency when that guy's on the court compared to when he's not. Is that kind
1: of what it, what kind is of, yeah. value, I mean, isn't it? They don't exactly call, they, they don't exactly give you a gravity score. What they call is, what, what they do is, what it's called is kind of a shooter impact score, with the QSI value. And that's, um, you know, a little bit of not just the shooting performance, but like when you start to look at it as a, as a unit rather than an individual, um, you can start to get these impacts of, what having a certain guy in versus what not having a certain, uh, what the impact uh, is of not having a guy in. So right, the way we studied right. it was, like, okay, uh, we put the shooter in and what, what becomes the average, average defender distance when this kid's on the floor of our entire group.
0: Uh, oh, okay. makes sense. Yeah, that, that's kind of cool. I like that. I'd like to see numbers for our team, which I know are impossible like I think, to do that without.
1: Like, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Kurt Goldberry talks about defensive shapes and morphing defenses and all that stuff, and I think that that kind of all goes together. Like you put a shooter on the floor, and the defense becomes a completely different shape. Sure,
0: sure. Especially if it's a five-man too. That, that really right. Seems and, to and,
1: be, it's know, hard to measure well, that
0: value without the the. You know, artificial intelligence doing forty. Without, without
1: without the without the tracking data, we wouldn't. Like we, we know, we have a pick and pop five man, um, and he, and you know, obviously he played better as the year went along, and we changed up the way we do things um, to suit a little bit more of his game. But you know, right with with, right. with just four or five games of doing something that we thought in was working, um, you know, we weren't sure exactly what we had just yet, but. Now we we kind of know the value of having taken top five men exactly.
0: Right, right by the numbers. That's good, and uh, and it, it, we can. Do you have anything else to add? I had one last question. No, there. no, go ahead. Then, uh, go ahead. I I just I'm I'm curious. Um, you know, you you have a great background in statistics and analytics. What well, what are your career goals?
1: Um, ultimately, I'd like ultimately I'd like to go coach in the NBA. I don't, where where I, this know, stuff's the, a little bit more prevalent, and, and yeah, uh, yeah, and, well, well, the, the, the fun more. part for me, the fun part for me, is actually getting to work with players. I've, I've had, you know, we didn't have any restrictions this summer on working with our players because we were under FIBA jurisdiction. So all the non-coaching staff members had a field day on scout team for a little while for like, you know, two or three weeks <laughs> right before we went to Italy. And, uh, you know, to me, that part's fun. Like, you know, being able to be on the floor with your players is a fun thing. Now there's a lot of rules that we can't, you know, a non coaching staff member can't do that stuff, which, which is kind of unfortunate, but, you know, it's the way it is and we got to play by the rules. So, you know, the yeah. NBA, the only rule is don't tamper with free agents, basically. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah. you know, okay, you know, I think, I think being able to do some stuff like that would be, would be a lot more, not a lot more, but it'd be, I think it'd be more in line with what I'm interested in. Sure, sure. And and using, well, using well, analytical, appreciate- yeah. Sorry, I was going to say using these analytical pieces to teach and you know to to study is is a big thing, and and maybe absolutely. maybe a way we can connect with our guys.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I, I want to thank you again for coming on. I, you know,
1: yeah,
0: uh, it's always nice to to dig into a high major program where there's a little bit more resources and personnel to to help with some of this stuff. And this is kind of this is great because this is kind of the next level that I hope we can all get to, but we might not. I hope so too. and yeah, and resources available, but this is great. I really appreciate it. So, yeah, of course, man. You know, best of luck to you and your goals and hopefully at Clemson as well. So, uh, once again, I really appreciate you coming on.
1: Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. You know, I'm I'm blessed to have a, a really forward-thinking staff and, and even people like you who, who try to get stories like this out there. So, thanks for, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it.
0: No doubt. Best of luck to you and see you around.
1: Good luck, uh, Coach, and uh, stay safe through the quarantine. Uh, Absolutely, you too. Take care. Bye.